0: welcome to episode five of Three and D. I don't want to waste any time. Let's get into it, Peter. What you
1: got for me? I got Anthony Edwards not knowing who A Rod is. A Rod's buying the Timberwolves. A Rod and J Lo are splitting up. I don't know what the fuck's going on in Minnesota, but it's not good. Did you see Did- uh, A-Rod's A-Rod has A Rod's TikTok? A is TikTok
0: he's on A-Rod tiktok a rod just posted a video i believe it was on tiktok and it's just like this weird ass video of him panning over um him and like j-lo's like pictures and like personal items and this is a really sad cold song on in the background like i don't know what's going on yeah they said i i read a report like they're like yeah we're we're better off as friends like
2: I'm not sure how that exactly works. L- listen, I'm... listen. No man on the planet is better off as friends with JLo than That's being her boyfriend. I mean, listen. If you're if you got the the luxury of dating Jennifer Lopez and that got taken away from you, hey Rod, my heart goes out to you, dude.
1: Yeah. It's not like he's worth half a billion dollars just from his baseball
2: money. Poor guy. But back to I mean, Anthony Edwards. Does the man not own a phone? How do you not? <laughs> how do you not know? Listen, like you, I don't watch baseball, but like I know who the fuck Alex Rodriguez, Alex Rodriguez is. Like that's once again, it, lead, it led to another soundbite of Anthony Edwards being the most unintentionally funny player in the league right now. I mean, that's <laughs> a good thing, though. He's he's what? Is he even twenty-one yet? I think he's nineteen. Is nineteen, he 19? Yeah.
0: nineteen, twenty, maybe yeah God, he's younger than us too Holy yeah shit. anyway and, but again it's one anyway. of those things though where A-Rod is one of the most controversial people to have ever lived this earth I mean I remember hearing a story about him about five like five years ago just like yeah A-Rod peed on his cousin's fucking floor to assert his dominance over him <laughs> it's like A-Rod's a fucking fantastic guy you just gotta Whoa. know alright bro
2: Whoa. if
1: A-Rod pissed on my floor I'd be hyped I, would, I wouldn't let anybody step on him
2: <laughs> I, but <laughs>
0: would he assert his dominance in your household the answer is yes
1: I mean, he would have done that just by being there anyway. I would certainly <laughs> I would certainly <laughs> feel
2: dominated if
1: anybody beat on my floor, <laughs> let alone A-Rod. <laughs> All right, back to Anthony Edwards. So what I was saying was, dude, this guy's 19, and he's already got incredible sound bites of him just sounding like an absolute idiot in post-game shows. Like, think about when he comes into his own. This guy's going to be saying some dumbass shit, and I'm, I'm here for it. I mean, it's hysterical.
0: It honestly might be the next coming of – Anything as possible <laughs> Mr J.r. Smith himself,, but just
2: because he 's a clown doesn 't mean the man 's not talented oh he 's so talented talking about mean, talented in every way, especially the athletic department i mean we 've already, we've already seen him kill, literally kill a man on the NBA court earlier in the season, although that dunk was recently rivaled by miles bridges i don't know if you, i don 't know if you guys checked that one out, but oh my goodness.
1: I mean, if you didn't see that video again, you probably don't have a cell phone. Yeah. Like, yeah, dude, my I'm so I've been seeing this debate a lot, like whose dunk was better. I think that Anthony Edwards' dunk was more disrespectful because he fell right on top of the guy after he just baptized him. But I gotta go with Miles Bridges here. I mean, he cocked that thing back like almost to his ankles, and he just yammed on that guy.
2: He, out of all the players in the league, Miles Bridges attacks the rack like it owes him money. I mean, he seriously, he, he he shows to me shades of like a young Russell Westbrook, the way it's just a thousand miles an hour to the rack. And when he throws it down, he's throwing it down. You know what I mean? You,
0: you know that Miles Bridges dunk was just one of those dunks where you have to kind of do a double take and just make sure no one got fucking hurt. <laughs> That's just how vicious it is. It's ridiculous.
1: And and we got guys like Anthony Edwards and Miles Bridges, and our dunk contest this year had a fucking guy named Cassius Stanley, who people who don't know the NBA have no idea who the fuck he is, and Anthony Simons, and Obi Toppin, and you're telling me that Miles Bridges couldn't do something more impressive than those guys? I mean, get him in the dunk contest,
0: absolutely. He hasn't done one yet, right? Mm, I don't no. think so. I don't think Trump so. Doesn't. There's I, no what, reason why. He what shouldn't. is what is the big deal about doing the dunk contest? Like I understand, like when you talk about baseball, you talk about the home run derby, middle of the season, you don't want to mess up your swing. Like I understand that. What mm-hmm. is this aversion to being a part of the dunk contest?
1: Ridiculous. I feel, you want to see the best guy. You want to see the best dunkers out there because it's the most entertaining part of All Star Weekend. In terms of pure just entertainment, that's the best thing. That's the best thing there. <laughs>
2: I just feel like if my vertical leap was 45 inches, I would take every opportunity to show it off to the world. Like, I, year after year, I feel like it gets weaker and weaker. I mean, Aaron, Go- Aaron Gordon's never doing it again after getting robbed. Levine's probably never doing it again. The best stockers in the league just seem to have no interest, which is sad. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But, uh, have you
1: guys been looking at What's been going on with Kyrie Irving, like, where he's just consistently just taking days off, like, doing kind of whatever he wants? Like, what are your guys' thoughts on that?
0: Man, there's something always going on with Kyrie. I mean, personal day, it's tough, right? Because you have all this crazy shit going on in the country. You know, you got the pandemic going on. You got a lot of these issues that are sparking a lot of conversation. So I, I understand the pressure that one man can be under. at the same time you're being paid millions and millions of dollars to play a game that is your only responsibility to show up for those 82 games suit up and play the game of basketball being
2: a high i don't know i I can't get behind the personal days i I completely agree with what you're saying because like it's it's tough it's tough for people to realize well you know everybody says like they're just playing basketball well yes that's true but that's all this is also his job. And if you just stop showing up to your job and show up whenever you feel like, you get fired in the real world. And obviously Kyrie's too you know, way too talented for that to even be a consideration. But I think it reflects poorly on him as a team leader and it reflects poorly on him kinda as a person. I mean, I know if I was if I was coming off the bench for the Nets right now and one of our team leaders got to play when he felt like it, I would definitely I definitely have something to say about it.
0: I mean, we kind of heard the same thing going on after the Clippers last season. We heard players coming out talking about Kawhi and Paul George kind of missing practices, showing up late, whatever the case was. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe eventually we'll hear something about the Nets. I disagree
1: with your guys' points on just show up to work and play. So, right now with everything that's going on in the country, and you say, like, he's just – there, it's his job. Obviously, it's his job, but for most of these guys, making it to the NBA, like they made it, it doesn't matter anymore. They have a platform that very few people have: social media, influence, sports world. Like that's that's reaching a group of people that's enormous all around the country. So for things like taking personal days, let's say, even in the bubble that that it was it was happening, Jalen Brown and all of them were saying like, "Oh my God, we should leave and go participate in what's going on in the country." But I was more talking about how he missed – he missed three games because he needed a personal day for his sister's birthday. Comes to find out that – Is that, that why? He, that was – no, no, no. This was this was the last time this happened, right before they got James Harden. Oh. He had to take personal days for mental health, goes to his sister's birthday party, violates COVID uh, protocols, and then – can't play because he has to go through the whole contact tracing aspect. I mean, when it comes to stuff like that, I agree with you guys that do your job, man. Like, you're getting paid millions and millions. And for for menial things, especially with COVID going on right now, I mean, the whole NBA is shaking up about it. But in terms of taking it off for social issues, I think that's first and foremost what they should be focusing on. And that's very evident how all of them feel about it.
0: You know what, though? Just, Just to clarify my positioning on it, I totally agree when it comes to, like, social issues. If there's, like, a united front of we need to sit this out. Like, I've I've seen them sit out games or suspend games or postpone them due to certain things going on in the country. I totally understand that. It just seems to me that Kyrie is just a loose cannon. And especially if what you – I believe what you're saying is true. I think I did hear something about him going to his sister's birthday. I mean, at that point when you're violating COVID protocols, you're putting others at risk too at that point. (laughs) <laughs> like not yeah, only and, just the season, you're putting your teammates at risk, and unacceptable.
2: Yeah, obviously, obviously, I agree. You know, with with what you both just said about you know if there's if there's a greater social issue going on, then obviously that's bigger than basketball. My only point was imagine imagine you're Ky- you are Kyrie Irving's biggest fan, and you finally get tickets to go to see the Nets play, only to find out that he's sitting out. For something like that, it's his sister's birthday. Like, I, as a fan, would be – I'd be very disappointed in him and upset that that's why I couldn't see my favorite player play the night. But, again, come playoff time, he's not going to miss any games. So, it doesn't really matter. Maybe, maybe not.
1: Yeah, there's an interesting conversation going on right now about the playoffs where you saw Luka Doncic and uh, Mark Cuban speaking out about it. And basically what they were saying was, like – why are we fighting to get the 6th seed? Like, it's always been we're fighting for the 8th seed, where now you're, you're incentivized. You're, there are teams that are incentivized to make the, the, the eight seed, nine seed and be like, wow, we got to really play to get in there. Like, there's no guarantee. I don't like that at all.
0: I, I mean, here, here's my thoughts on it. You know, we keep a reel on this podcast. I'm a big fan of Mark Cuban. Like Personally, I love the guy. But he's being a little contradictory here. You know, I have my thoughts on how the format of the season should have went. I I personally think they should have done it more like they did in the bubble. Like if maybe a team was four games out, maybe have some form of play-in or wild card, whatever you want to label it as. But Mark Cuban was approached before the season started. His thoughts were – they asked him his thoughts on this plan. He is one of the owners of the 30 franchises in the NBA. And he – accepted this proposal at the beginning of the season. Now, is that because he thought maybe the Mavericks were going to place higher? And now that they're in some form of trouble, he's rebelling against or speaking out against the organi- like the entire um, NBA association? Uh, that could possibly be it. But I-, I don't like the contradictoriness of what he's speaking out against right now because he clearly signed up for this before the season even started.
2: I just don't like the whole plan in, in general. I just... You know, for, for the bubble, I, yes, it made sense. Like, the season literally shut down in the middle of the season. Fine. Have a playing game for the teams that maybe could have made a run in the back end of the season. For this season, I mean, we're only the, – the the length of the season is only cut down by 10 games. I mean, they're playing 72 games. That's more uh, – to me, I think that's more than enough to just have the regular 1-8 through eight seed, and if you make it, you make it. If you don't, you don't. I just – I don't see what the need was to have a play in this year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, what do you guys think about the top 20 teams in the
1: league? Make it that that was debate on first take, I think, yesterday. So no matter the conference, just top 20 records, you make it like no matter add, the conference. No matter, yeah, no matter the conference. You said I mean, top 20, really like 10 in that. each conference. Yeah. So you're adding four teams to the playoffs.
0: Um, I don't know how I feel about 20 teams in the playoffs. because I think if you're just only 10 teams, that might be. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's enough. But I, I do like the idea of taking the top teams from both conferences. We've seen in the last 10, 15 years or so that historically the Western Conference has been much stronger than the East. And therefore, yeah. you're getting these bullshit-ass lower-seeded teams from the East that have no business being in the NBA playoffs, as opposed to you look at the Western Conference and you have some very good teams being left out. Mm-hmm. So I, I would like to see some revision to that where you're simply taking the top teams in all of the NBA – However, I, I do think top twenty might be a little too much
2: I'm glad you said that because i've I've thought for years that if they're ever going to make a change to the NBA playoffs it should be it should be just that the top sixteen teams from regardless of the conference make it and like i I get that flight you know flights in between uh, while they're switching uh, home arenas would be a little tough, but you know if the Lakers have to if the Lakers have to play the Knicks in the, in the first round then that's something I think they should consider because, I mean, like you said, how many times year after year have we seen great, really, really quality teams in the West just get absolutely robbed of making the playoffs while a team goes five games under 500 in the East and they get rewarded by the seven, the seven seed?
1: Yeah, I think the flight aspect to it, that's one of the main arguments against it. And I think it's kind of stupid because it's not like they're playing back-to-backs in the playoffs.
2: Exactly. Like,
1: like you, a series will last a week and a half if it goes seven games in the NBA playoffs, like, they could definitely find a way to make that work, even if they play, they change the format of how they play them, maybe go three and three, some, some there are yeah. definitely changes that can be made, and
0: I definitely agree that. And, yeah, we're, and, then, and we're saying this as Knicks fans, who currently are scraping to make sure we make the playoffs and have historically yep. been pushing
2: for eighth, seventh seeds. Mm-hmm. Listen, uh, yeah, like, I think that like you said, we are, we are Knicks fans. But, you know, realistically, the year the Knicks and teams like bad teams in the East are legitimately going to win it all, they're not going to do it as the 8th seed. So I really don't think it causes any harm. Like, I don't think any fan base is fooling themselves into thinking that their seven seed team is going to make a miraculous run to the finals. It just doesn't happen.
1: Except for the Knicks in 2001. Except for the, no, yes. 2001, 2000. 2000. That was a shortened season, though, right?
2: Yeah. That was, the, that was the that was a lockout year, I think. Something weird like that.
1: You guys see uh, Kevin Durant and Shannon Sharp's Twitter views?
0: God damn it, Kevin Durant! Kevin
2: Kevin Durant is officially a first ballot NBA Hall of Famer and a first ballot Twitter Hall of Famer. I mean, he has one of the best Twitter presence presence I've ever seen. He's literally not afraid to call out anybody, and I'm glad he called out Shannon, because Shannon flat out was lying on national television. Dude,
0: talk about trigger fingers turning into Twitter fingers real quick with KD, man. <laughs> just never hesitates. Dude, I love it, too, because it's not like he'll, like, say anything like, you know,
1: Shannon, that's just not a correct take. No, he, he quoted Shannon Sharp's tweet by saying, someone get their drunk uncle, he's out here saying dumb shit ah. again, or something like that. Like, and, and the best part is, Shannon Sharp, like, didn't answer Swanchard blocked him on Twitter, and honestly, I've been, checking, I've been checking Undisputed's page every day to see if they talk about it. Hasn't spoken a word about it. I mean, like, I, I feel like all three of us would kind of agree that after KD went to the Warriors, we all kind of hated him. I think nope. we've talked about that before on the podcast. I'm starting to like KD more. I mean, he's become, yeah. like, because, first off, the Rapport thing made me, made, rekindled yeah. my love for him, and now, like, yeah. he just doesn't give a fuck. Like, it's incredible. This guy is, what, top three at most NBA players right now? And he's just firing off tweets at people.
0: It's fucking awesome. You know what I think? Honestly, I personally still can't respect KD. Can't get on the bandwagon. But I think there must be some fucking conspiracy to make KD likable again. Because these fucking journalists and these dumb motherfuckers like Michael Rappaport are doing the dumbest shit to make him likable. And they're, in, they're fucking inciting the, this beef between him, and he's just fucking murdering them. He is making the biggest comeback in terms of likability, and it's not even on the fucking basketball court. It's ridiculous. I don't know, man. I like I agree with you. Obviously, Stop. I want to see my teams
1: win first. Not the Nets. Not the Nets, because I don't like the Nets. I hate how everybody magically became a Nets fan. But, I mean, we're we're all in the New York area, if the Giants won the Super Bowl, if the Mets win the World Series, like, I would be happy for them. And, like, I'd rather see a New York team win it, in my opinion, than anybody else.
2: See, nah. ah, man. see the, the Giants argument is tough because I I am on the side of, like, when the Giants do well, not at the cost of the Jets, then I'm like, okay, you know, I'll be happy for them. But it's just – there's something, something about basketball where it's like – it's like I feel like it would piss me off – more that they were from New York, then it would make me happy. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me! The New York team finally wins it all, and it's the Nets. Yeah. Ah, I don't know, dude. I think with basketball, it's just it's just different, especially since they're they claim every day that they're New York's real team. Like, I don't know, gets I, under my
0: skin. I feel that way about all sports, though. It's like if it's not my team, then I want fucking no team winning it. it I, I can't. I can't. I'm, I'm a loyalist at heart. <laughs> I always knew you were a
1: red coat, huh? Always. So,
0: always. Uh,
1: Joe Johnson got to work out with the Bucks. ISO Joe. Joe, personal, I personal Joe. favorite, personal favorite of two of the people on the show. Ryan and I have been on the ISO Joe bandwagon since about 2013. Always good to see that.
2: We may be the only two people on the planet who, instead <laughs> of saying Kobe when they shoot, say Joe Johnson. <laughs>
0: Is the fucking Big Three still a league? Are they still yeah fucking operating? Is it?
1: Yeah, I haven't they seen are. anything about it. It hasn't. I mean, listen, I don't think they were going during COVID, but I just saw. Um, they just got a player. Who was it? Gilbert Arenas is the coach of the team, and they just got Nick Young. Nick Swaggy Young. Young. He's the captain of one of the teams in the Big Three. Oh geez. I like the Big Three a lot. Oh I- I watch the champion, Absolutely. I
2: think it's I think it's a it's such a fun idea, you know? Just get just get good and fun NBA players who are all at, you know, all retired now. How could you go wrong? And I mean it all, it also it's also pretty funny. I don't know if you guys remember when AI decided to play and he played one game, and then just all of a sudden they couldn't find Allen Iverson anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you, just see, you just see reports like Allen Iverson did not show up. They do not know where he is. <laughs>
1: I got to go. I remember uh, freshman year, they were playing at Barclays. They had like a – I don't know if they do tournaments or like a regular season. I'm not really sure how the actual league works. But they were playing at Barclays, and the tickets were only like 25 bucks. I mean, that's something I got to go see. Because, I mean, if I saw Joe Johnson in a three-on-three setting hitting four-pointers,
2: oh my god, that's box and, office. And Scalabrini? Come on, yo. <laughs> okay, it doesn't get much box office than that.
0: Listen, maybe one of these days we'll try to get fucking Ice Cube on the show or some shit like that. We'll have a, a great time on this podcast. Right.
1: Yeah, we got Ice Cube. Uh, Jay-Z still hasn't mm-hmm. answered my emails yet. Ah, oh, you're uh, still working on the intro Hey, yeah. I'm still working on Jay-Z uh, Mr. Jay-Z, if you're listening I would appreciate it if you answered me back My name's Peter
2: I, I, Ice Cube may be, may be a bad guess for us It'd be like, Mr. Cube, how you doing? <laughs> Do I shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> It's like,
1: alright,
0: I'm sorry That's I'm you telling you, it. I'd listen to that shit though Yeah, <laughs> not to go too off the
1: track But the scene in 22 Jump Street Where he finds out that where Ice Cube finds out that uh, Jonah Hill is banging his daughter in the movie is probably my favorite scene in all of the movies. It's so good. It's so I good. I mean, he he's a great actor. He really is. He's he, funny as shit without even trying to be funny. Dude, even he's just Tanning like Tatum
0: just fucking guy. like hopping around and being like, You fucked the captain's daughter
2: <laughs> I I no no no. The best the best Ice Cube scene in any of his movies, I don't know, in the first in the twenty one jump street, he's like, Are you you motherfuckers having a party tonight, and Jonah Hill's like, "No." He goes, "Cause if I find out, you're gonna wake up with a tube down your throat, and me shitting down that tube." <laughs> <laughs> but like in a in a delivery that only Ice Cube could like really pull off. Oh man. Yeah, I think he might so, be the only
0: person who could pull off that line.
1: Yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Him and probably Denzel Washington. Honestly, Denzel Washington could pull off any. Any line ever, ever. <laughs> my, but, it's, um,
2: my, it's my absolute goal in life to have Denzel, Ice Cube, and Samuel Jackson both call me, all call me a motherfucker. That's literally we might we might need like life. a Charlie's
0: Angels remake of just those three starring in it. It'd be fantastic. Those guys, oh, it's perfect. <laughs> all right, all right, back to basketball, huh?
1: So uh, on the on a not so great note, let's talk Jamal Murray. Yikes. Absolutely just terrible. I mean, the Nuggets were playing unreal. They were like, seriously, I never – before the Aaron Gordon trade and even after a little bit, you never really thought the Nuggets were serious contenders. Mm -hmm. But watching them recently, they were playing really good. And they have a great team. Like, it's not just Jokic and Murray. It's the whole team that plays amazing. And this really sets them back a few years in their – you know, quest to win a championship. It's kind of it sucks. I obviously, hope he comes back
0: 100% speedy recovery, but it's just a shit situation. On the brighter side, though, we might get another Instagram live leak soon. We <laughs> might get Cella going. I'm sure he'll enjoy his recovery.
2: That'll definitely be part of the rehab, I'm sure. But I think the biggest takeaway from this injury is. It's now Jokic time, and I think if the Nuggets somehow maintain their level of play with Murray being out, then just give give the man his MVP already. I think he's already already the front runner right now, and that would if they could keep the playoff. I think that solidifies it for Jokic. Yeah, I definitely agree. That's gonna be interesting to see if he could really
1: carry a team by himself. Yeah, this is I mean, this is, is literally the
2: test. Yeah, I think he can too. I mean, I've said. I've said on a few episodes now, I think he's the most sensational big man. One of the most sensational big men I've ever seen. His playmaking ability is the the best I've ever seen. So we'll see what happens.
1: So our next segment here is our personal top five young cores in the NBA. Just a few stipulations with this is this is right now the players that are on the roster. This is not accounting for any trades that happen in the future. No draft picks. And... We're not projecting that this will be the best team in five years. Just who's got the best young cores right now.
2: So, Ryan, give me your fifth pick. Well, for my fifth pick, they were – early in the week, they were a little bit higher. But after the Jamal Murray news, uh, I got to put the Denver Nuggets at five. Mr. Denver oh. Nuggets jeans himself? Mr. <laughs> Denver Nuggets. <laughs> Rick and the Denver Nuggets jeans. But, listen, I think ACL injuries are tough. They could, they, he's either going to come back and be himself or – He'll be a shade of himself. Either way, I think the, young, the Nuggets definitely have very bright young pieces that it should be really excited about. Michael Porter Jr., RJ Hampton. And I know he's over 25, but Jokic is only 26. And like, I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't take him into consideration when I was thinking about the, yeah, the young core of their team. But that's just something else to keep in mind. They're going to have him and all those players for a long time to come.
0: Totally agree. All right. Now, number five, give me the Boston Celtics. You know, they have... Number five? Number five. Where the fuck do you want to put them? Number one? Ooh. Go ahead, put them at number one. I fucking dare you. Okay, that's fine. That's exactly
1: I, that's exactly, I, that's exactly that. where I was putting them. Go ahead. Go
0: ahead, put them. It's not like a fucking... Okay. That'd my
1: first my fifth pick. Wow. Okay. Yeah, you can't fucking argue okay. with that. Okay. Going right... Dude, I'll get to it when I get to my number one pick, which is already on the fucking board. Uh. Go on my number five. I'm going to Charlotte Hornets.
2: What? Oh, Jesus. What? Jesus
0: Christ. Terry
1: what? Got, you got the should-be should Rookie Mr. of the Year. Mr. Calumet, nice to meet you. You got Devontae uh, Graham. You have P.J. Washington. And all of these guys, this guy is the limit. I mean, dude, LaMelo Ball has the chance – to be an MVP one day. Are we going to disagree with that? Anybody disagree da- with that?
2: I mean, bar- barring he doesn't get gonorrhea from Tiana Trump, then I guess uh <laughs> If fucking
0: Luka Doncic doesn't fucking 4 MVP, he might have a chance. That's true. Could
1: happen. But I really like their squad. I've been a big fan of P.J. Washington when he came out of college. And I really think he's going to develop into something, even though he had, <laughs> dated that porn star and then uh, dropped zero points the next night. So... <laughs>
2: We'll uh, we'll see
1: how he develops.
2: All right, so for my four spot here, I got the Pelicans, you know. Uh, Zion, sensational. We know that. Uh, The only reason I had them on four and not maybe a little higher, Lonzo, probably not going to be there much longer, and Ingram... It, it, I'm not sold that Ingram could be your number two if they ever want to ascend to contending teams. But as of right now, that's definitely they definitely got some of the better young pieces in the league. You got probably going to be a top three player in the NBA. It's not much to hate about where, where the Pelicans are at right now.
0: All right, number four, give me the New York Knicks. Listen, Jesus we God.
2: got. Ooh, I left them all. We got
0: head coach Tom Thibodeau, absolute fucking legend. We have future Shanghai Shark MVP OB Toppin. <laughs> you got fucking Julius Randle balling out like no one has ever done before. RJ's looking like a stud. Uh, I see this team contending in the next ten years. Ten years, I see. Them you know contending. what I mean? Like, like, like next five, next five to ten. Like that's going to be the, the span of their contention. I can't believe
1: that you sit up here and get on this podcast every week, and you just put the Celtics young core
0: below the Knicks. fuck the Celtics. Fuck the Celtics. (laughs) I mean, can't argue with that. Check the standings, bro. We're fucking like almost tied with them. All right. I could do whatever
2: the fuck I want. So for my three, uh, I got the Boston Celtics. So uh, I think that's a pretty fair spot, like Tony said. They've kind of fallen, uh, not really fallen off the cliff this season, but they've definitely underperformed. There's definitely some concerns there. But taking last year and the year before that into consideration, I think enough has been done to put some respect on the Celtics' name here and and, uh, the players that they got. All right, number three, give me the New Orleans Pelicans.
0: I mean, you got Zion, you got Lonzo, you got Brandon Ingram. I'm not talking trade shit. I'm talking roster right now. Those three players are going to have a huge impact on the league in years to come. No, There's not much else you could say. I mean, Zion, future MVP
2: for sure. Nothing, Nothing else you could say. All right, my number two, and I hope I don't get any hate for this, but give me the Phoenix Suns. Ooh. Oh my God, <laughs> God, I don't DeAndre. like that at all. What? I don't That's, like that at all. I am such a dev. I am so high on Devin Booker that I'm willing to put them at two. And I think DeAndre Aiden learns how to toughen up a little bit. And I don't know. I, I just Booker alone was, was almost enough for me. So it was almost enough for me to to put him at two, and then the supporting cast. they so got Bridges too, who's a pretty solid, pretty solid player for them. I don't know, maybe a little high to you guys, but I, fa- I, fa- I fa- think Cam Johnson is good. Not a bad pick. All right, number two, give me the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, ooh at two. Listen,
0: has been injury prone. But we're still talking about two very elite young players and possibly the next face of the NBA, Luka Doncic. No matter what young core you have, 99% of teams in the NBA can't say that they have the next face of the NBA on their team. Again, dude, you must want me to not speak in the segment because <laughs> I also have the
1: Mavericks that too. I mean, basically what you just said for Devin Booker is the way I feel about Luka Doncic. I mean... He's literally enough for me to put him at two. I don't rank them over the Celtics, which I'll get to in a little while. But I'm still a poor Zingas fan. I mean, we all hate him, but, like, he's so good when he's healthy. He dropped 33 and 15 the other night. Yeah. Like, he he has the chance to be, like, he stays healthy for a few seasons. I'm saying starting at top 20 player, you pair that with Luka, who's already top 10, is that – is that fair. For sure. for sure, That's For sure. For so sure. For sure. Easily. You pair those two. They got Jalen Brunson on their team. I don't know if you guys are watching him specifically when they played the Knicks. Jalen Brunson is very. very he's good. falling out. He's going to be a very good.
2: He averages. He averages thirteen, three and three right now, mm-hmm. and he's only twenty four. I mean, he's a guy who doesn't get a lot of doesn't get a lot of spotlight right now, but is definitely very under I mean, when you're on, when you're on a does. team
0: with Luka Doncic, then, I mean. Yeah. Did you see that game winner? Yeah. Oh my god.
2: Oh my god. That was the most
0: unbelievable thing I've ever seen.
2: Luca's only been in the in the league for three years and he already has a slate of just, just I was in awe of watching him. I mean, his his rookie season. Do you guys remember that game winner he hit against Portland, falling at fading out of bounds yep. from the corner with point six from seconds the left? He might be ridiculous, the ridiculous. first
0: NBA player since Larry Bird. To be a white man taking over the league, and that in itself is saying something at his age. Yeah, I mean, literally. Steve Nash won two MVPs. I mean, does anybody really? Keep well, yo, who talks about? Who, do you talk Steve about Steve Nash. Nash in the same breath as Larry Bird?
2: No, no. fair. You. Fair. That is fair. Well, listen, All right, Luka was enough. Luka alone was enough to put the Mavs at two, and Luka alone was enough to put the Mavs at one for me. I mean. Like, like Tony said, the man's easily – him and Giannis are going to be the faces of the NBA in a few years. I think, like, like you said, not, no other team in the NBA can say that their young core is be- – they have anybody who even touches Luka right now. I think it's, it's a given the Mavs are going to be top of the West for, for years to come, and Luka's the sole reason why. And look, uh,
0: number one, I, I hate to do this because I, I know people who are Nuggets fans, and it's the worst – but I have to put the Denver Nuggets up there. I mean, I think when you're talking about wow. top-to-bottom uh, young team that competes, no other team right now is virtually close to what the Nuggets are doing. And I know Jamal Murray just got injured, but we're talking about four or five guys under the age of 25 years old who absolutely are playing beautiful basketball.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to hate on that pick. I, I, actually, I like it a lot. I, I have him at four because of the Jamal Murray thing personally, but – I can see, honestly, with most of the teams on this list here, I can see them being interchangeable because everyone on this list has crazy potential. You're looking at yeah, the of tops every player in the top ten in five years is going to be one of the players on these teams.
2: Yeah, I can't um, handle that. Can't handle yeah. that pick at all. Uh, I have the Nuggets at two uh, pre Murray injury, uh, but like you said, I mean they they just have so they are such a talented team right now for the average for like how old everybody is and. The future is very bright in Denver. They should be; Those fans should be excited. I love that we have different top to them
1: ones.
2: Yeah, no, this is good. I mean, of course, you had to steal my
1: two and three. But getting to my one, already mentioned the Celtics. How could you put the Celtics at
0: five? I need to know. I just don't believe, bro. Brad Stevens isn't the right fit. Jalen Brown, I don't really believe in him. Then. We're not talking about but Brad, he's part of that organization, right? Jalen Brown, part of that is court, a right? Brad Stevens not a part of that core. If that's if that's what you want look, to Look anybody. at the Knicks and the Knicks season. You take Tom Thibodeau out of that, what you have? At
1: 19 years old, what the fuck were you doing? You know what Jason Tatum was doing? Dunking on LeBron James. What were you doing? <laughs> you were going to fucking Pearson at Temple University with me and getting shit
0: on by me. Shut the fuck up. And Jason Tatum dunking last on LeBron James? All right, bro. Oh, oh, you were hurt. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
2: All
0: right. All right, but I like I like these lists too. I really do. I think we did. Yeah, let us know what you think. We'll definitely post it on the socials. um If anybody's listening, please
2: please chime sure. in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys want to you guys want to jump into a little who you got? Good. I would love to All right, uh, so let's,
1: let's let's cut this right here because Tony's little fucking thing right there. Right it's, uh, hey, if you're if
0: anybody's listening, chime it in. Yeah, right I shut now. the fuck up, bro. Whatever.
1: Oh yeah, that Hornets thing was totally freeballed because I didn't write down my picks because we decided that about two minutes before they started. <laughs> so I don't even know what my top five was. I just made it up as I was, as well, I
2: was you, down did. you did a very good. You did a very good job. Tony, you,
1: you stole my two and three. Yo, shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, nah, no, honestly, when i I made the after I put the Hornets in, I made oh, the okay. list in my head before. Like I did that, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do that on purpose. I didn't copy you like that. But uh, all right, I'm ready to go into who you got whenever. Oh, we're doing conspiracy right, right. after
0: who you got because I haven't reversed here. Are we doing conspiracy? Yeah, yeah,
2: conspiracy and then streetball.
0: Okay, so who you got? Conspiracy streetball.
2: Okay, yeah, got it. Word. All right. All right, ready? Yeah. All right, so this week for who you got. So we got great players pin, play, pinned up against. Can I restart totally, totally. Hold on, I got I to phrase this in my head. Okay. So this week for who, who you got. We got great players in a 1v1 against themselves. First... <sighs> we got Miami LeBron James versus second second stint Cleveland's LeBron James. Let me just remind you, LeBron's best season in Miami, 27-8-6 MVP. LeBron's best season in Cleveland, 27-8-9, 2018 the year let me remind dominated in the playoffs, single-handedly dragged the Cavs to the finals.
0: So we're talking strictly one-v-one here. This is strictly a one-v-one. You know I'm
1: I'm taking Miami LeBron. I'm not gonna lie. This Ooh. is so so I understand why you would say Cleveland LeBron, but my take on it is Miami LeBron was two hundred and eighty pounds. That was when he was at his most physically dominant. Like obviously he's still an unbelievable athlete, but when he was in Miami he was just a big motherfucker like obviously he still is but i'm going just pure just off pure physicals. i'm going Miami lebron
0: you see this guy this guy's tough because then when you want to talk about second stint cleveland lebron you can really start to see him develop his, his jump shot more he starts to take more threes it's not the apex don't give me that fucking face okay you don't i'm giving you don't see face, the apex bro. of like lakers lebron where he's out there shooting a fucking half court but you see him start to take more jump shots, and that might even things out. But I I, I think the athleticism of Miami LeBron just purely outweighs all of that. I got to take Miami LeBron there.
2: Really? Yeah. I would say I – think, I think Cleveland LeBron, especially from 2016 to 2018, is the best form of LeBron James that has ever existed. Like, it is very tough because Miami LeBron, like you said, was 285, and – Remember that donkey jumps jumped clean over John Brown on the Bulls? Like, what <laughs> has what, what a guy that size ever been able to move like that? Like, it's crazy. But Cleveland LeBron shooting, I think, will give him just just enough edge. It would definitely be tight, obviously, because it's two LeBron James'. But give me Cleveland. But anyway, let's move on. The next one we got here, Magic Shaquille O'Neal versus Lakers Shaquille O'Neal. Best season with the Magic, 29-13-2 season with the Lakers. Almost the first unanimous MVP, 29-13-4. Who you got? And let me remind you, Magic Shaq was a freak of nature athlete. And Laker Shaq is Fat Shaq.
1: I'm going Fat Shaq.
2: Going (laughs) Fat Shaq?
1: Young Shaq could not handle Fat Shaq in the post. I mean, we're saying fat like he's not running faster than any of us ever have. Yeah. But... I don't think you can handle him in the post. I don't think the athleticism is enough to to bang. I mean, every every single one of the most disrespectful dunks in history, like 30% of those are all just Shaq jumping and just pushing people off of. Who was that guy on the Nick? That's the white Mike
2: dude. Uh, that's my, uh, Mike Dudley Sr.
1: That was Mike Dudley that's Sr. That's Mike Dudley Sr. <laughs> <And> of course <laughs> it is. <was> that's fucking <laughs> <the> dumbass. <dunk. laughs> Shaq that, just pushes him. That's eight.
2: the most disrespectful dunk of all time. Like there's, It can't be an argument. He literally puts his nuts in his face and then shoves him to the floor. <laughs> Listen, P, I, I got to disagree with
0: you here. I'm going Magic Shaq. I just feel like the quickness and that first step is going to be just enough to get Magic Shaq around Laker Shaq. I feel like Magic Shaq
2: just runs circles around Fat Shaq. I totally agree. I think in a 1v1 with no help defense, I think the quickness – Quickness is definitely going to be a key, but, at like, it's it's so close because at the same time, nobody in history was ever, could ever guard Fat Shaq. I mean, it's just so hard.
1: I mean, the funny thing, too, about when he was on the Magic was that clip of him at All-Star Weekend where he, like, dream shakes Michael Jordan, he still had some finesse there, too. He, I had, mean. he
2: had some real finesse. It's
1: again, say... I, again, this is a toss-up. Either, either way you go, I'm not going to hate on your pick
0: on this one. Honestly, I just want to see both shooting sense. free throws. I want to see who wins that one.
2: So give them give him 20 <laughs> shots at the line. Let's see who, who wins that one. Alright, so next up we got Brooklyn Nets, Kyrie Irving versus Cleveland Cavaliers Kyrie Irving. Best season on the Cavs, 25-6-3. Best season on the Nets, 27-6-5. I'm going to go
0: Nets, Kyrie, and here's why. I've feel that although Cleveland Kyrie was younger, definitely slightly more athletic and quicker. I feel like now, at this point in his career, you really see the game slowing down for him. I think he knows how to change. He's perfected the arc of changing pace and kind of just being creative. He's still creative at the rim. He still finishes. I think, yeah, I think you got to go next Kyrie on that one. Yeah, I'm going That's Kyrie, too. I mean, even just this year,
1: he's hit some of those unbelievable layups I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, it's like you, you pick up Instagram any particular day of the week, and it's just Kyrie doing something that should not be humanly possible. And I do agree, the game has slowed down for him. He just looks more comfortable now when you watch him play. When you're watching him play in Cleveland, you know, he's trying to get to the basket, doing literally anything he can. And that's not taken away from him when he was on the Cavs. He won a championship. played one of the greatest shots in NBA history. But I'm going to win that shot. Uh, <laughs> Nets Kyrie.
2: Can't, can't hit on that. Can't disagree either. I would definitely also take Nets Kyrie. But for this last one, was my personal favorite. Knicks Carmelo Anthony versus Denver Nuggets Carmelo <sighs> Anthony. Scoring, mellow, sc- scoring title mellow on the Knicks, 29-7-2. and 2. Best season on Denver, 28-6-3. and 3. Who are you taking?
0: Tony, I want to hear what you guys are Listen, uh, I just got to relate it back to that old hashtag, stay mellow with the seven in it. I got to stay low to number mm-hmm. seven. I just feel, man, that triple threat stance. is just so effective with so little movement. Now, I understand yeah. the athleticism of, of Denver Carmelo. Don't get me wrong. That man was absolutely posterizing motherfuckers. But I, I definitely think Knicks, Mellow. that's when everything just started to come together. Now, were those teams great that he played for in the Knicks? Some of them were very questionable. But I think Mellow versus Mellow, got to take number seven. I think
1: that you're spot on. I think that Denver Carmelo Anthony is one of the greatest ISO players of all time, but I think that maybe besides Kevin Durant, I think that Knicks Carmelo Anthony was the greatest ISO 1v1 player in NBA history. Absolutely. I mean, the guy could literally not move. Like you just said, that triple threat stance, he's not moving a whole lot. But the way he creates space and just just elevates over people – I got it. I, there's very few people I would take in a 1v1. Versus Hoodie Mello. I'll take
2: Hoodie Mello. And that's why he's still, yeah, I'll take <laughs> Hoodie Mello. And that's why he's still getting buckets today. That triple threat stance is literally one of the most dangerous... He's one of the most dangerous offensive players that's ever lived. And like you said, when he was on the Knicks, I can't think of a player that was better in just a nicer situation. I mean, consistently was going to torture you from the mid-range. I just, if if, if, oof, the, if Mello, the Knicks Melo right too now good. had a
0: player like Carmelo... Who down the stretch could just take a couple mid range jumpers and you know they were gonna be clean and
2: in, man, this Knicks team would be scary. Can you imagine if we had two thousand twelve Mello on the t- on the squad right now? Two thousand
0: twelve mellow with, with today's be, mellow mentality. Dangerous.
2: Yeah, right. we would be oof, we'd be dangerous. But that's all I got for you guys this week. For everyone listen, let us know who you got. See if uh there should be more debate than we think.
0: All right, yo, I I think we should cut conspiracy. We're at 52 minutes. All right, guys, we're coming to the end of our podcast here. But before we go, we got to have this conversation. It's a nice, hot summer's day. You know, you're you're getting ready to go to Rutgers Park. You know, 3v3 tournament happening. Who's your squad? Who are you bringing? Peter? I know who I'm bringing. First off, I'm bringing...
1: At my forward slash center slash big man spot, whatever you want to call it when you're playing street ball, give me KD when he went to Rucker Park in that <laughs> orange jersey. KD, KD gave those guys – I'm not even kidding right now. He gave them 70. Yep. He gave these guys 70 points at Rucker Park. You know how disrespectful that is? I'm surprised he didn't get shot. <laughs>
2: I see I know I know he gave him 70 because I also want KD on my squad. I mean, <laughs> if you watch that video, he is literally doing whatever he wants with them. And in streetball, it's all about the flash. It's all about getting the crowd to roar for you. And I mean, I, KD talk about being a champion of the people that day. He was a Ice cold, ice cold. Listen,
0: listen. If, we were, if we're having a street ball conversation here, I need to be authentic. I need to be true to myself. Fuck the NBA. Give me Escalade Jackson. That mother Escalade Jackson. Are you Jackson. fucking kidding me? What? Said, we just said Kevin Durant. We're talking street
1: Escalade ball here.
0: Right, give me the fucking. Give me the fucking. This isn't is the <laughs> Rest in peace, Escalade Jackson. That motherfucker is putting up a
2: fight. I might as well just grab some juice from the local (laughs) LA Fitness. I mean,
1: (laughs) I got I got a few guys playing at the YMCA down the down the street. I can grab too if you want. All right. Well, going to my next spot here. After that ridiculous pick, I'm going Jason Williams. I mean, I can't imagine the faces of the guys at Rucker Park if Jason Williams did that thing where like. He put on, like, a Spider-Man suit or some dumb shit like that that all these guys do. If Jason Williams did that, he would disrespect the fuck out of every single person on that court. And then give you 30. Like, that's what would would happen.
2: He may get stabbed in the parking lot after, but I think it would be (laughs) worth the show. And listen, streetball is about three things. It's about the flashy dunks, handles, and pulling up from wherever you want. So I got that part covered with KD. But for my handles, give me Jamal Crawford. Jamal Crawford's mixtape of him crossing the people up of all time. is literally, literally, in my opinion, the coldest mixtape of all time. I, I'm sure, I don't know if you're familiar with the move. He does not move where he puts it behind his back with one hand and then comes back with the same hand. It's like it doesn't seem, yeah. like, it be, it doesn't seem like it should be possible. Like me describing it right now it doesn't do it justice, but Jamal Crawford is one of the filthy – he has some of the filthiest handles that have – out of anybody who's ever played basketball. I think that's but an dude, easy pair. Speaking
0: of filthy handles, you know, I'm going to keep what we got going here. This crew that I'm assembling. Give me Skip to my Lou. Bob Cousy? Mr. Austin himself. Put him on my, my 3v3 team there. Skip Ooh. to my Lou? <laughs> Did you just not grow up with the N1 mixtapes <laughs> at all? I mean, oh, a little bit. Oh, my yeah, God. <laughs> Oh, man. I, was just, I didn't know we were having an culture conversation all right, I here. Think, I, I think we need to cut. Tony, oh, my
1: cut God. Get to my loo, man. But, um, dude, your team fucking sucks. <laughs> listen, yeah, listen my got, man was in the NBA. Next, man, all right? he, he did make
0: it to the league. <laughs> all right,
1: well, He's for sad. my third pick, I was thinking. I was honestly going to go with Jamal Crawford, too. But now that I'm thinking about it. Give me Allen Iverson. I mean, Ooh, okay. AI talking about mixtapes. I mean, he was doing this to NBA players. I can't imagine what he would do to a bunch of guys pulling up to the park. It's
0: fair enough.
2: Listen, that's not that's not a bad third pick. But I think you're forgetting about the the key key aspect of dunking. There's nothing people love to see more than a nasty poster dunk, which is why I'm taking Vince Carter himself. I think you really can't go wrong. The man literally jumped over a seven-foot-one white guy from Germany. I just don't. <sighs> what else do you want? It's
0: Vince Carter. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with Ryan here. Vince Carter was my last pick. I mean, nothing, nothing. Are you fucking kidding me? You just took That's two a... random ass times They're not random, first of all. <laughs> you go to YouTube, put in, skip to my loo, and let me know what you think. We'll talk about it next week. He picked the mailman. He picked the mailman <laughs> and the gardener. gardener.
2: Disrespect.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, when he when he said the mailman when he said the mailman, we thought he was talking about Carl Malone, but he was talking about <laughs> he's it. talking
2: about the the, the guy real who mailman. gives him the fucking disrespect. New York Times man. disrespect.
1: I actually got a crazy story about it. So when I was, I didn't like do research for this for this segment we had. Like I I already knew who I was gonna take, but I was just looking up Rucker Park and different things about it. So my baseball coach. Rest in peace, Paul K. He used to coach in Harlem. He's coached basketball in Harlem in like the seventies, right? He tells me this story one day. He was like the most amazing thing I've ever seen. This guy would bet people money that he could grab a quarter off the top of the backboard. His name was oh, what was his name? They called him the helicopter. Right? So when he's telling us his story, we're like, Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, coach, we'll see. When I'm researching it today, He was one of the top 25 players that they had down for Rucker Park. I mean, imagine that grabbing a quarter off the top of the backboard. I don't even think I can touch net anymore. (laughs) And this guy's grabbing a quarter off the top of the backboard. That's what, 12 feet in the air, 13 feet in the air?
2: Yep. Jesus. Listen, I think people really don't. I feel like a lot of people don't really realize like how big the street ball scene was. Like when the, when the NBA and the ABA were still like, you know, still separated. That's uh, Dr. J street ball legend. I think they had some serious players playing there. And uh, I wanted to ask if us three right now pull up to Rucker park, do you think how many points do you think we're scoring in the game? Do You think we at least get one? Do we get the ball? Like, do we start with the ball? We have. If the we're ball. playing
1: a three on three, I think that we have one shot. If it goes in, we have a chance for two. But I don't think we're touching the ball. I after think that. <laughs> as long
0: as every possession we pull up from half court, I think that might be our best shot.
2: Loser's ball falling off from half yeah. court. I think yep.
0: we at least get one. To Absolutely.
1: Pull. Game game to eleven. I think we make one out of eleven. For sure. We also get.
2: We also get baptized and brutalized, but... Uh, yeah, I might
0: not be able... To, I might be paralyzed. I might have game to retire mid-game. Like, I'm done. I'm done. This has, this has been great. <laughs> basketball basketball <laughs> isn't for me. No, thanks. <laughs> all right, is that all we got? All right, thanks, so. everybody, for listening in. It's been real. It's been great. Follow us on the socials. Uh, I believe on Instagram, we are at Podcast 3 and D. On Twitter, the same thing. We're also on Facebook. The Twitter's rolling out. The YouTube is rolling out. Man, we're just rolling. We're on a roll. Get involved. This is the ground floor. We're going all the way to the top. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.